I remember a time when I was younger, and I was running through the house. I wasn't supposed to. I knew I wasn't supposed to. It was against the rules. I had been warned repeatedly not to run through the house. And yet, of course, what did I do? I ran through the house. And as I turned the corner into the dining room in my socks, I slid and hit the dining room table. The vase began to rock. It was the vase that my grandmother had handed down to my mom. It was incredibly important to her. And then I looked back in horror as it rolled off, helpless as it shattered into a million pieces. What was I going to do? But then I looked around. No one had seen it fall. No one was there to know who had done it. And so when my mom came home and asked me what had happened, Well, I was walking through the house and the dog heard me and ran and bumped into the table. It fell over. There was nothing I could do. I lied. I knew I shouldn't have. Sin on top of sin. But why did I lie? I didn't want to face her chastisement, her rebuke, her her spanking, her anger, her frustration. I lied because I didn't want to admit that I had been disobedient, that I had lacked the self-control, that I had done what I had been warned countless times before I shouldn't do. I lied because I didn't want to face the consequences of my actions. See, the truth is, I didn't want to admit I had done it because that would be, the truth would be painful. I would face punishment. But I thought it would be less painful than dealing with the answers that my mom would give me. But the reality is that even if no one ever knew, I still felt the weight. I still felt the guilt. I still knew what had happened, regardless. See, that that may seem like a small, seemingly insignificant incident, but it is a reminder that when it comes to our own lives, sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow. It's hard to admit the the truth of what we've done and face the consequences, the, the punishment, the justice for our actions. But denying the truth isn't any better. Why? Because the truth about our lives and actions is frequently revealed in the fruit of our sin. In the fear, in the shame, in the guilt, the regret, the insecurity, in feeling trapped. See, people, especially those outside the church, may deny that they have sinned. But the reality is that sin is most clearly displayed in our hearts through its symptoms and side effects. Through the things that we feel. You see, I felt ashamed about my lies. I felt guilty over the broken vase and regret for my actions. I was bearing the weight of my sin, the symptoms in my own life, whether or not I acknowledged the truth, whether or not anyone else ever even knew what I had done or what had happened. See, as we think about Pentecost, and today is Pentecost Sunday, where where we remember the Holy Spirit being poured out onto the church. We often think about how the Spirit empowers us and dwells in us. We think about how the Spirit came upon the first disciples, allowing them to do miraculous things. We remember that the Spirit sanctifies us, that is, makes us holy, sets us apart as God's people. We may even remember that the Spirit hovered over the waters at creation and breathed life into us. Yet Jesus says there's more to the Spirit's work than just that. In today's passage, Jesus says the Spirit will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. But what does all that mean? 
It means that what has been hidden in the dark is going to be brought to light. If not today, if not tomorrow, then on the last day. That the Spirit reveals the truth. That can be a scary thing when we reflect back on our own lives. See, Jesus knows this. In John 3, this is what Jesus said. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. See, the Spirit not only works outwardly in our lives to help us witness to others about the gospel, but the Spirit also works in our lives to convict us regarding sin, righteousness, and judgment. This is so that we come to realize that we're trapped in sin, that Christ alone is righteous, and that the worldly things we cling to are doomed as judged and empty in the end. See, we can numb that voice, the work of the Spirit in our lives, by ignoring it, by going against it. But going against that voice, that voice that is our conscience, is never a good idea. See, but when we first come to see these truths about our lives, we may become hopeless or angry, frustrated. See, how many people outside the church haven't you heard, heard utter some iteration of, how dare God? How dare God? In the face of tragedy, in the face of another shooting, in the face of whatever it is that may be coming our way. Or utter, how dare God? When they hear God's law that says that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing or what they want to do. See, the reality is that even in the church, we may say with our lips that we're sinners and yet not really believe that God's judgment on our lives is just. But when God himself, by the Spirit, speaks the truth of judgment, the truth of our sin into our hearts, we come to see we can no longer stand on our own. Though we may desire to be godly and free from God's judgment in our lives, it is only then that we've come to the end of hope in ourselves. And coming to the end of the hope of, in ourselves may not sound like a good thing, but that's the best thing for us. Because there's a second truth, not just that judgment that the Spirit speaks into our lives, that brings Spirit brings to light. See, that is the hope of Christ, our righteousness. Because it's only when we've lost all hope in ourselves that we are finally freed to cling fully to Christ. Anything less than giving up hope in ourselves, in our ability, in our works, in our strength, in our power, in our money, in our intelligence, will in the end leave us convicted by the Spirit. Why? Because if we're hoping anything else, it means we're trying to make something other than the righteousness and the work of Christ our salvation. And so we turn salvation into our work instead of resting in what Christ has done for us. We try and make ourselves God. See, when we come to the end of ourselves, it's only then that we find true freedom in Christ. Then the beauty of what the Spirit does is spoken into and received into our lives. The Spirit's work and message is always meant to draw us back to Jesus and through Jesus to glorify the Father. The Spirit works through the pain of hard truths spoken into our lives to draw us back to God. See, when all hope in yourself is gone, and it should be gone, then you're freed to hear the truth of Christ, our righteousness, applied to your life personally. Just listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where it reminds us that our only hope is to let go of ourselves and the worldly ways and cling to God. This is what it says. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him 
that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. See, the Spirit works through the sacraments of baptism, communion, and confession and absolution. There, God's grace is poured out and applied personally to our lives. We just saw it earlier. We saw God's grace personally applied to meal of faith as we were reminded of our own baptism, where God's grace, God's promise of forgiveness, of salvation, of life was given to us, that irrevocable promise that assures us even in the darkest moments, even when the sin convicts us, that the truest things spoken about us are the words that were spoken over Jesus at his baptism, that we are God's beloved children with whom God is well pleased. See, through these practices, we experience life and grace and forgiveness. We hear Jesus' proclaim, Jesus' death proclaimed until he comes again. That is our salvation and our righteousness until we are revealed as who we truly are by the Spirit's work of convicting, forgiving, and sanctifying us where we are made into the children of light. For the Spirit is day by day remaking us into Christ's image and character until we dwell again with him in his heavenly kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.